there. I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to T4C. Whether it's your first or your 50th episode, I hope we're giving you what you want and need to help you turn your degrees into the careers you love. We are all about helping you level up your professional performance and land jobs you want, not just jobs you need. There's a big difference, and trust me, I have had both. And while you may appreciate the paycheck, there isn't enough tea in China to make it a pleasurable experience. Speaking of China, as I've mentioned probably once or twice on the show, I studied Chinese back when I was in college, and so did my next guest, who is today still living in China about 30 years after he and I first met in Chinese language summer school at Mingde Daxie, also known as Middlebury College. If you're interested in learning more about how to build your career in Asia, or in emerging Asian markets in the finance field, then this is the episode for you. Because while I can no longer remember his Chinese name, my next guest heads up a private equity investment firm based in China, and he is a leading expert on doing business in China. But before I introduce you to Brock Silvers, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter that gives you a one-stop shop way of discovering all the amazing professionals we're going to be featuring that upcoming week. And it is super easy to do. Just go to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right on the homepage. Now, my latte lovers and Chinese tea tipplers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Brock Silvers. I think his Chinese name is Xu Boke. Is that right? Lu Shouquan. Oh, close. Darn it. Darn it. Okay. Lu Shouquan. Oh, I, I'm, I'm like not... Go ahead. Lu Shouquan. Oh, Lu Shouquan. It almost sounds yes. like Qian, which is money. That's actually really interesting. Okay, so Brock <laughs> Silvers serves as the managing director at Kaiyuan Capital, a private equity investment firm in Shanghai. Brock also serves as the chief, ex- or served rather, as the chief executive officer at the Laris Group, as well as a co-founding partner at Power Pacific Company, and he served as director of international development for Eagle Industries. Brock, <laughs> welcome to Time for Coffee. What time is it in Shanghai right now? It's a little after 10 p.m., and I'm and I couldn't be happier to be here. Well. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have you. And even though it is 10 o'clock at night, I have to ask you the time for coffee question. And that is, are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am ready to go. I've been trying to cut down on coffee lately. I'm down to six cups a day. (laughs) A man after my own heart. Well, Brock, we are going to jump right in to the time for coffee, espresso shots, the 10 questions that help our Java junkies get a better handle on how to break into the field of finance and private equity. So what entry-level jobs 
BlackRock are available to young people who want to break into your field? Well, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Look, absolute entry-level investment jobs in China are perhaps difficult unless your grandparents were born in Fujian or someplace nearby. Difficult as in perhaps unlikely. But but look, there's a little bit of good news. People with early career experience, such as analysts or associates, they have plenty of opportunities here. In China, I think you've probably got to speak a bit of Chinese. In Hong Kong or Singapore, which are great places as well, maybe not, but you'd have to be there. It's tough to get those jobs from overseas. So I'd say entry-level jobs may be difficult, but early career investment jobs for those with a bit of experience, I'd say are plentiful. Fantastic. So what, Brock, is a useful skill or skills that you've looked for and look for in the deal that you hire? Well, as I mentioned, companies really would love to see some investment experience. It doesn't have to be a lot, but some, and many prefer some Chinese language abilities. Now, in terms of backgrounds, you know, engineering is highly valued as our experience in a couple of more specific fields. If you have a background in healthcare, pharma, internet technology, that's all really highly valued here. But but look, not everyone does. Those are pretty sort of exclusive groups. What I would say is that for skills, Excel and PowerPoint are just crucial and entry-level accounting. And if I didn't have the experience or background that people are looking for, but I still thought this was what I wanted to do and wanted to give it a try, I would run out to the learning annex or somewhere, take some classes in Excel and PowerPoint, and I would relentlessly hammer those skills away and highlight them to people. I love that. It's all about making it happen and just be scrappy and maybe go on to General Assembly, which is an online platform where you can take some of these That's classes. Right. Fantastic. So, Brock, do you think someone's major is a deciding factor to get into your profession? And I'm talking about as an undergrad. So, if they haven't studied, fill in the blank. Is that a deal breaker? Well, look, I was a liberal arts major. I was actually a Chinese studies major at Columbia. And maybe that's hopeful. But but look, that was a different era. And liberal arts today, I think, is probably somewhat less likely to lead to a career in finance or in Asian finance. You know, there was a real dearth of homegrown talent back in the day. And now there certainly isn't. There's a lot of local competition. It used to be a French lit or a Chinese major could still do a career in finance. It's not impossible, but it depends sort of on who you know and how lucky you may be, but it isn't all that likely. Business majors like finance and accounting are always good options. Engineering is a huge plus, and I think coding is a big plus and will probably become more and more so as the days pass. Okay. What about a graduate school degree and less so for people breaking into the field, more so for the longer term? And in particular, what do you think are the most useful ones to have, Brock? Right. You know, graduate degrees aren't, as you sort of intimated, they're not necessary to break into the game, but they are fairly crucial to career development in the investment world. And Asia is a very status conscious place. You can start with a BA, but, you know, especially if you want to rise high, the expectation is that you'll get an MBA. But look, there are a couple of caveats here. I think the best MBA candidates are people who have already attained sort of post MBA level jobs. And some of those guys just keep working instead of going back to school. I'd also say that anything other than a top tier MBA program may be less valued for investment folks out here. 
continuing in a good job may beat going to a second tier school. But many investment sectors are also increasingly specialized and MBAs aren't the only way to go. Graduate degrees in healthcare, engineering, law, and a few other fields are also, I think, unique and, uh, and highly prized. Oh, that is such great advice. What about life experiences, Brock? What, in your experience, are the most useful ones to have for someone starting out in this field? Well, you know, to be a Westerner who wants to come out to Asia requires uh, an adventuresome mindset. You know, it's still uh, it's still a different culture and more of an emerging markets atmosphere. But but I can also tell you a few things that aren't particularly important. Business out here is very business focused. And, and look, I love that. I'd say in Asia, there's much less concern with your feelings or how woke you are. Young folks today in the U.S. often allow social ideas to permeate all aspects of their lives, and I don't think that would impress people out here. So if you're a culture warrior, that's something we might want to keep private and not highlight as much when we're searching for a job. I would also imagine, Brock, as you've already intimated earlier, that speaking Chinese, if you're going to go to China or Hong Kong or Singapore, would be a pretty important life experience to have. It certainly is uh, because, again, you know, the local competition is, is fairly strong. There's lots of local talent out here, and those aren't folks that have learned Chinese as a second language. They're people who grew up with it. So I don't think you have to be fluent, but you, you should have some serious exposure. That certainly helps. Fantastic. What for you, Brock, has been the best part of being in this profession in Asia? Well, look, I'm, I'm lucky. I feel that I do something that I love to do. And for me, the thing that I like most about my career is I just, I love being right. I make a judgment about a company or a market or an investment, and I do that either publicly or privately. And then over time, I'm either proven to be a smart guy or a not so smart guy. And I love being right. You know, being wrong must be terrible. At, at least so I've heard from my friends. <laughs> That's really hard to carry that burden of batting a thousand. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I suppose everyone is wrong sometimes, but I just love the intellectual battle of being right. So if I'm on, you know, on TV and I say that stock X is going to do well and then it does do well, that just gives me a, a nice feeling and it's enough to keep me going. Terrific. What about the flip side, Brock? What is the part of your current job at Kayun uh, Consulting that sucks the most? You know, everyone has aspects of, of their professional life they don't like. Everyone reports to someone, even if only to investors, creditors, regulators, the market, whoever. And everyone has to put up occasionally with things they consider to be nonsense. Now, as an emerging markets guy for a long time, I've had to live in tough places. I've had to live in some adverse circumstances. And look, the world doesn't stop just because I'm not there or you're not there. Things go on and people go on and, you know, you, you're in a different place and you've chosen a different kind of life. That can be difficult. But day to day, I try and not focus on those things. I try and focus on the things that I like. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about our listeners, but I am just soaking in all of this positive energy, Brock, that you are putting out there at almost 1030 in the evening. 
<laughs> in the so, middle so tomorrow to make up for it i'm going to be very negative <laughs> oh i i don't believe that for a second all right we are down to the final three espresso shots brock what is the best career advice you've ever gotten I spent the first decade of my career basically working for a Chicago-based investment legend, Sam Zell. Fantastic guy, best boss I've ever had, and I'm lucky to have spent a lot of time with him. And on my ver- literally on my first day at the job, Sam said two things to me. Number one, he said, call me Sam, okay? Number two, he said, I can teach you accounting, but I can't teach you to be a smart guy, and I can't teach you to be my kind of guy. Now, what he really meant to say is that he could have someone else teach me accounting. But what he was trying to say to me is that he could give me an opportunity, but what I did with that was really going to be up to me. Now, think about this. He was already a very rich and famous guy talking to me at my level, not at his level, and telling me that I had a chance and that I should just get up off my rump and get after it. And uh, and that was what I needed to hear. I thought it was great. Oh my gosh, how lucky for you. I'm excited to learn more about that experience of working with Sam Zell, which we will dig into in our main T4C episode, which Java junkies can search. I'm not sure if we'll be dropping the espresso shots or the main interview with you, Brock, first. So please get out there and uh, and just search on the Time for Coffee website. Final two espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or fiction books, Brock, accurately depict your profession? You know, in uh, in the 1990s, there was a book that well known at the time called Mr. China about an investment firm in Beijing at the same time that you and I were living in Beijing. And that story really detailed what it was like to be an investment exec in China during that period. We both lived during that. I was in the same sort of the business in the same neighborhood as these guys. And I think that book still represents a lot of my early mid-career experience, minus all the money losing you might read about. Because remember, (laughs) I I love to be right. (laughs) Okay, great. Final espresso shot, Brock. What would our Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? You know, investing in general is much more about common sense than people realize. People sometimes get lost in some of the arcane methodologies, but it's really a lot of common sense. And investing in China, I'd say in general, is much more government reliant than people may realize. So again, that takes you away from some of the regular disciplines and forces you to consider some other matters. Does it also reduce some of the risk? Sometimes, but sometimes it increases some of the risk. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into that in our next episode. Brock, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. Again, so appreciate your positive energy and enthusiasm at a late hour on your side of the world and sharing your wisdom and your wonderful insights into this industry. Happy to do it. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.